is Paul. Welcome to CP Time. We're in our kitchen. I just popped over, open a bottle of Rivulette, which is artisan pecan liquor. What are you drinking? I'm having a cup of hot tea. <laughs> and uh, I asked my wife where the tea cakes were. And I said, and she said, roll tape. Roll tape. Where this, are the tea cakes, honey? Where do we keep the tea cakes, Paul? Well, we used to keep them in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there they are. Oh! <laughs> They're obscured. They're exactly exactly in the same place they always were. Wives, how many of you deal with that? Honey, where's the blah, blah, blah? Where where it always was, honey. No, I can't see it. Can you help me find it? Okay, I'll trade you one where the tea cakes for one. Can you please get this to work for me? 100%. Paul, I need help. Do this for me. Mm -hmm. How often do I get that? Can you help me with this? Do it. A lot. Wait, now before you open those tea cakes didn't i ask you to reorder the tea cakes yes did you and i can do that not yet did you not yet yet. but it's a priority now it is a priority because (laughs) i ordered wait 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 before you open them i just want to read to you these are one of the greatest things that i introduced him to tunnox tunnox or tunnox established in 1890 still a family business milk chocolate six tea cakes so what they are is beautifully wrapped in silver and red aluminum, marshmallow with a tea cake covered in chocolate. Are you going to waste time on this podcast describing tea cakes? No, but I am going to take the nice ones out because I'm going to need them for a play reading tomorrow. Christine. And you can have the crumbled ones. Christine. Here you go. Christine. Paul David. It tastes the same. Welcome to CP time. <laughs> I guess this episode will be it's about, about sharing. torturing your spouse. <laughs> okay, so listen. I wanted to just let it roll. You, I'm giving you two tea cakes. Two totally deformed, janky <laughs> well, tea cakes. <clears throat> so I introduced these to him. And I would buy a box and they just disappear. And I was like, where are the tea cakes? And he was like, what do you mean? I had, I only had one of them. And then he has this thing that we called a tell. As you know, like when you play poker, can you shut the cabinet the whole way so the cats don't get in it? Once again, yes, ma'am. Thank you. Just give a little touch with your foot. There you go. And I was like, where are the tea cakes? And he's like, uh, I only had one of them. And I'm like, that's impossible because there are six in a box and I haven't had any of them. Long story short, we realized that he fell in love with the tea cakes. So I went on Amazon and I, Amazon and I bought, how many boxes did I buy? Six? Six boxes? I don't remember. Okay, like six boxes of these tea cakes. We are down to our last box during the end of days. <laughs> it should have been on our food podcast if you wanted to talk about tea cakes. Wait, no, tea cakes are, are a t- whole podcast. What are, t- what are we talking about today, darling? Well, right now we're talking about the tea cakes because... <laughs> It's the end of days. We have only like five tea cakes left. Didn't you hear that this is all going to be over on Easter Sunday? According to our... We're all going to be in church on Easter Sunday. Mm. Speaking of which, I have to say, not being able to see my mom is really, really hard. And those of you who have parents who are older, this is the sound of a tea cake being opened. Oh, Lord. Actually, there are people that are into sounds like that. Do you want me to put like some that? sound effects and posts for that? Yeah. There are actually like people, a magic wand. You know, there's people that are like, I like it when people whisper. You know, what's that sensory thing that people have? Oh, My friend Josie loves. Josie and Marissa. Josie and Marissa, they're like, are you tired? I'm going to 
give you this great sound to help you relax. <laughs> Actually, they played it for me and it was, it gave me goosebumps. Anyway. Right, where people whisper and they crinkle paper. Yeah, yeah, they crinkle paper yeah, 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 or they're yeah. like, this is a soft brush. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I could do the opposite. I could be like, these are sounds that are going to disturb you. I could do sounds like that. This is me scooping the litter box. I got one with a bad marshmallow. And it, what? It's a hard marshmallow. What are you talking about? Bite it. It's, not, it's okay. Mine is hard. I mean, it's a little hard. It's still anyway. a great tea cake. Anyway. Anyway. Tea cakes. Welcome to tea cakes. I've said like seven different things. I haven't completed time. the sentence. Okay. Anyway. You're drinking, you're eating a tea cake with your bourbon. Oh, so this year my mom turned 85 <coughs> and my whole family for the first time ever went away to have Thanksgiving together. Um, and we were in Hilton Head North or South, I can't even remember, South Carolina. And my sister was like, you have got to try this pecan liquor. And I was like, tell me more about this pecan liquor. Needless to say, after I tried it, I had to go to the liquor store and buy it because it's amazing. Just like a little hit of it on ice. It's amazing. So, back to the podcast. <coughs> Paul? Yes, ma'am. Any thoughts? Hi, Scouty. Uh, I thought we had a... That Scout. I... Obviously, he wants us to talk about pets today. Should we talk about pets, Scouty? He's making an appearance. So Scout is almost seven, almost seventeen. He is such a brave, sweet, sweet boy. Okay, you can start, Paul. Pets, we could talk about them forever. Um, <clears throat> one of the first dates that Chris and I ever went on, I uh, looked across from her very seriously, and I told her that I was definitely a cat person and not a dog person. Um, I've had mostly cats in my life as long as I can remember. Part of it is because <coughs> I grew up in apartment buildings, right? Mostly, I never lived in in a house until five years ago. Uh, so, always growing up in apartment buildings meant we mostly had cats. And so, my first cat was uh, we lived in a basement apartment in East Liberty, below you know. You had to walk in the front door and then you go down a flight of stairs. Oh my God, like Laverne and Shirley. Yes. Amazing. Which is awesome, except for when it rains really, really hard. Like in Parasite. Yes. Sections of your rug. Because we had rugs. We had shag carpeting. Oh my God. In this basement apartment. <coughs> Sections, corners of your shag carpeting would yeah. get really wet. Because water would come in. Okay. Anyway, we lived in a basement apartment in East Liberty. Yeah. Uh, I was going to Rogers, mm -hmm. and there was a stray cat that was coming by who I fell in love with. What was his name? What did you name him? Oh, we, I didn't name him, but I was feeding him, and I really loved him, and my mom, bless her heart, saw how much I loved him, and so... Bye, Scouty. We went and got a cat. What she you, went and got me a cat. What did you name him? Little gray guy. I named... I, yes, he was great like Gray you. Great like you, Scouty, he was gray, gray man. Like you. Um, I named him Shokasugi. What? Why? Yes, you remember Shokasugi, Scouty? Shokasugi because I was a 11-year-old a kid 
who was really into ninja movies. I loved ninja it's, movies it's more than anything else. And Shokasugi starred in all these <coughs> ninja movies in the 80s. Enter the Ninja, Revenge of the Ninja, anything with ninja in the title, Shokasugi what was did, in it. What did Sho look like? Describe what he looked like. He I mean, in... you said he was great, but what did he look like? Oh, he was. He kind of looked like, like okay. Jack. He was very gray, though. He had no white patches. He was gray all over, no socks or anything. Was he fuzzy or, like, smooth? He was fuzzy, and he became smooth. Mm. And he was really, like, my best friend. Mm. He wanted to be near me every night. And when I would shut my... When he did a really cute thing, whenever I would shut my basement... um, my Excuse me, my bedroom door, he would come to the door... And stick his little arm in oh, yeah, and wave well. his little arm like he was trying to get oh the door God. open. Yeah. He was crazy <laughs> and wonderful. And my mom, his name was appropriate. His name was Sho, but he he used to perform for people that would come over the house. He would literally perform. He would do this thing where he would grab the top bed in my bunk beds and swing off like Tarzan oh and God. put on a show. So we called him Sho. I think we should talk about... Well, I, growing up, I had I had a bunch of cats. <coughs> the one cat, his name was Major. He was a little misunderstood. Um, he was kind of kind of standoffish to most people, but he always came up to my bedroom, and he was a sweet, big, big boy. Then we had Louie. My brother lived in Florida, and he couldn't keep the cat because bugs. You know how bugs are down there. He flew Louie up, and we picked him up at the airport. And unfortunately, we did a really bad thing. We didn't introduce Louis to Major in the right way. So there was you like... You kind of just threw him in the same room? We, we, well, I didn't know. Meet him, and they kind of went, hey! Yeah. yeah. Um, Major passed. We had a lot of cats that died from... Um, what about Samantha? Feline leukemia. Well, Samantha was... I was very young. I used to dress her up. We had a lot of cats that died from feline leukemia, which was very traumatic. We were talking about this the other day, how back in the day... Hi, baby. I hear you, and you—you you are important. I know. We will—we're gonna feed you soon, baby. He wants to—he wants to add to your story. Well, he's—he wants us to talk about Max later, and we will. We will definitely talk about Max, Max and will, you. Yeah. So, so Louie and Major. Louie and Major and Samantha, and then and my dad loved my dad's since passed, and he loved cats and my mom, and so. We had cats my basically my whole life. Now I'm getting emotional just thinking about That's the day okay. that we got. They they love they love unconditionally. The day that I got um, Max and Scout, I lived in this old fashioned apartment building. It and when I say old fashioned, it was probably built in the late forties. Do you think? It was kind of 40s? Art Deco-y. No, probably late thirties. Um. <coughs> Only four units, and um, one of the reasons I wanted to move in there is because the landlord said you could have cats, and I really wanted to have cats. And then the neighbor that lived on in the apartment building had cats, and one day there was a knock on my door, and this girl had two tiny, tiny kittens, one in each palm of her hand. And I said, oh my gosh, whose kittens are these? And she said, they're yours. I remember you wanted kittens. And that's the day I got Max and Scout. And I remember that day. I had a May, gig. May 16th is what we, we call a, their birthday. I had a gig at the Quiet Storm, 
which used to be this coffee house. That was a cool place. In Garfield. I had a gig there. I came straight over to your house. You said, I have a surprise. I have something to show you. And I said, what? I came in and you had two pillows that were kind of on top of each other on the, in the side of the couch. And you lifted one up and it was like a little house. And there were Max and Scout, tiny. And Max was just crying. He was going, meh. He couldn't stop. He was crying and crying and crying. And Scout was just looking around. I remember how tiny they were. And I said, oh my God, are you going to keep them? And I was nervous. And you said, I don't know. I was scared because I didn't I didn't ever think about getting two. But then I realized, like, because of my life, you know, I'm coming and going and coming and going so much that I needed to have two so they would have each other. And they were brothers. They were from the same litter. And when they were little, they looked so much alike. When they were tiny, I mean, I mean, they were taken away from their mom, obviously, too young. That's a, another story. My neighbor was crazy, but man, did we luck out. They were awesome. <clears throat> they were really great. They had a couple, I mean, there were a couple of medical blips when they were growing up. Scout, unfortunately, didn't agree with the, the food he was taking or he didn't, he wasn't drinking enough water. And he, you said one day you came home and there was blood all over the oh place. Oh my God, I, I came home and there was blood sprayed all over the furniture out of nowhere. And I didn't know what it was. And I ran to the vet and he had crystal. He was still, a, he was still very little. He was probably little. a year old or a year and a half old. And he was a very small cat. Mm -hmm. And they're like, he has crystals. And that happens with boy cats and he needs surgery to save his life. And I said, do it. And I remember... Um, I was teaching at Rogers Kappa, and I remember it was my first, it was my class with Rosa and all those kids, mm -hmm. and I remember telling them that my kitten was in surgery, my cat was in surgery, and they all said, we're going to say a prayer for, for your cat, and Scout pulled through. He did. Um, he but did. his he brother had a, had Max... Cone. He's had a cone on his head probably three times. Yeah, his brother Max was my... He was my... Best friend. Your true love. My true love. Max was your true love. Then we had a... Tell them about Max. Actually, I'm getting really emotional right now. It's okay. Tell them about Max. They want to hear he about He was this unbelievably intuitive... Gorgeous. Supermodel. Very, very attractive cat. Supermodel. And as far as cats go, this was like the Brad Pitt of cats. Yeah, he was the Brad Pitt of cats. <laughs> but he was... So smart. Tabby, dark markings. White ruffle. Big white, white ruffle under his chin with, with white socks on his front paws and back paws. He, well, you know, Paul used to, Paul used to get a little jealous. Because he used to say, I have never seen a cat love on a human being the way he loves on you. And I have to tell you, this this guy was so special. He was. I mean, I could go. I could go into a thousand stories how I'd come home from work and I'd be upset, and he, <clears> he knew, would. He knew, he you had knew a bad day. every. Yeah, he always knew. Or you and I, when we were dating, he we'd break up, and I'd be sitting on the couch, and I'd be sad, and he'd come over and he'd stick his hands around my neck, you know, his paws around my neck. I have. A, I have a fun. Well, I can think of a bunch of funny stories. Tell, but I have tell a funny them because I need a break and I gotta <clears throat> blow my nose because now I'm crying. So sorry, you're gonna I, hear me blow my nose. I have a funny story about the both of them. So 
when they were young, when they were about a year and a year and a half old, um, they got out of they're they're indoor cats strictly. Do you not let them out. Always keep your cats. You should always keep your pets indoors. Part of it is <clears throat> their lifespan will increase if you keep them indoors, um, and they're not exposed to diseases and stuff like that. But um, when they were about a year and a half, Chris cracked her window, which I got on her about like you shouldn't crack your window. <coughs> I had screens though. You cracked your window and left. You, no, I had screens. That's important to know. You came home. <coughs> you called me up screaming because they had gotten into the window and popped the screen out. And, and you, Chris used to live on the first floor, first floor apartment, and they got out. And you had no idea where they were. <clears throat> and you said, you ran out and immediately you called for Max. You said, Max. And he came. I called for both of them. And Max came right up to you. Well, he was, we had this really janky, weird backyard that was almost just overgrown and scary. and. But it was sectioned off from the other houses. In a, yeah, in a roundabout way. And you called for him, and he came right running up to you. This was probably about after a half hour of looking around the front, you know. And he ran into my arms. He literally ran into my arms. I can't talk about <laughs> It's okay. So you found him and put him in the house. Now here's here's the the funny thing about this day. This day was special for Chris because her two sisters who live out of state and her brother who lives out of state were all in town with all of their kids and everybody was going to take this big family. They had a photographer at her parents' house. They were going to take this huge family portrait thing with everybody in their family and all the siblings and the parents and it was a big deal so Chris had to leave and when I got there I kind of took over the search and we had half the neighborhood looking for them um, our neighbor across the street at the time was convinced that so Scout was the one that was missing she was convinced that he was three miles away at this point but something inside of me I thought no he's smarter he's they smarter both, than that they both were smart. he's smarter than that he's not gonna run away He's going to hunker down. So I stayed around the apartment, and I really <coughs> looked in the backyard. And there was a dog, dog barking next door. And I called him, Scout, where are you, Scout? And really faintly, I heard this, mmm. And I, was, I went, oh, my God. And I looked, and he was up against this kind of a garage thing. He was by a wall, like crunched up by the wall, really scared. No, it was an old dresser in the backyard. No, 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 it was a wall. There used to be a little... Yeah, and then there was a dresser. And he uh, he was terrified to say anything because this dog was barking and barking and barking. He was afraid, almost like the dog was going to hear him. <coughs> but I heard him. I found him, and I got him back in the house. And, that and that's was the that day. was the day I was officially daddy. I was not daddy for about a year and a half. And on that day, you said I'm allowed to be daddy. What was your other story? Something positive. Say something positive. Get well, we had so one. many things. We used to... I remember at one point you were you were totally into the idea of trying to walk them. <laughs> and we got leashes. And it seemed like such a good idea. And you got leashes and... Harnesses. We would always just go around the front of the apartment building to the backyard. <clears throat> yeah. That was... It was a simple kind of walk. Yeah. And every single time... This happened three, four times... Every time they knew how to get you around a chair or something, and they'd start to do that Houdini thing, and Houdini. all of a sudden, boom, they're out. 
And then they ran. Every time. And every time they would run around to the front of the apartment building to the front door. And back in the apartment. They were so smart. Whenever they got out. Whenever they got out. And they got out a few times. Yeah, they did. More than a few times. Oh, my God. Whenever they got out, they knew to go back to the front door. And wait. And just. One thing that was so unique about Max. Really unique about him. Is that we were really connected. But, you know, because of. My crazy schedule, I would come home late at night and he, he waited for me at the window. It's like he knew the sound of my car as he drove up the street. And then he started knowing Paul's car. So I'd be sitting on the couch watching TV in my apartment. Max would be on my lap and, and, I, and he would do this thing where he like, like a watchdog. He would like... Just perk up immediately. Perk up. Now, I lived on a fairly busy street wouldn't you say yeah cars coming and going and he would paul would drive up the street and his body would perk up and then paul would shut the door and he would run to the front window i mean he was so unbelievable he was very very special and in the summer of 19 no it was 18 Summer 2018, we took a vacation to Europe, which was very nice uh, for about a week. And the day that we came, we had a very harrowing experience getting back home. And <laughs> That'll the, be another podcast. And the day we got back home, Max was there and he was, um, it was in July of 18 and just something did not seem right. And that night, we, you know, we... And he slept with us. He slept with Chris, he, really. He sleeps with me every... He slept every, with me every night. Every single night, holding Chris. Every night. And that night, I... I he, he was... His head was... He couldn't hold his head up. It was like flopping over. And Paul was asleep beside me. And I was holding him like a baby. And I said to him, Max, are you leaving us? And on my word he looked me right in the eyes and he said yes and we immediately took him to the vet and they said he needs to go to the emergency room mm -hmm. and we had to leave him and we didn't know the vet made it seem like it was like a urinary obstruction and there was going to have to be surgery and we didn't know what was going on and then the next morning they called us and I'll never forget this. We were sitting on the steps, and the doctor on the speakerphone told me that he had a lymphoma. And it was like, what? You know? And he was like, how do you want to proceed? And it's, it's very, it's so cruel because I think when they tell you something like that, your first thought is, oh, I have to put him to sleep. <laughs> and my first thought was, oh, he's a special guy. What do we have to do? He's he is super cat. He's gonna fight this. What do we have to do? And I was very I was very dark. You know, I said, Paul, you know because I had gone I had had so many cats growing up and um Paul's like, No, we're doing it and I said, You're doing this for me, I know you're doing this for me and he's like, Nope, nope, we're going through with this. And we knew that uh, special. the treatment that we gave him was was not to cure the cancer. We it's for knew his that. quality of life. We knew that it was, yeah. 
he started. I mean, it was in the beginning. It was it was like, wow, okay, we're doing okay with this. You know, we got our guy, and we were nothing but hopeful, and and we would take him. We had it worked out. I changed my whole school schedule so that I could take him to chemo on Monday mornings. And Chris would pick him up from chemo on Monday afternoons. But you got to explain to these people, because they're already thinking we're crazy when we say the word chemo. Chemo for animals, it's almost like the wrong word to use. It really should be like, it's almost like, not hospice, but it's like... No, well, I mean, they're, they're trying to slow the disease down <clears throat> a little bit. They're trying to give you a little time. Yeah. And I really, in my heart, I really believe that he's going to beat this. He's going to beat this because he's one in a million. He was one in a million. And the chemo gave us, I think the greatest gift the chemo gave us was, this was in July, Christmas. <laughs> we got to have Christmas with him. He made it to Christmas. And Christmas, he was like old Max. He jumped up on the table. Yeah, And at that point, the doctor was like, give him whatever he wants to eat, even if he wants ice cream. So everybody was feeding him and he was sitting on everybody's laps and he was amazing at Christmas. He was still, you know, the, in, during the time of his treatments, he was still playing. I mean, he, he would have a, he would have bad days. He would have bad. So there were some days he would come back from chemo and he was just like, I'm wiped out. And some days he would come back. No, it back. wasn't the day he came back. It was usually like two days later. He'd be but like, I mean, he would use, sometimes the chemo was rough. He would come home and it was like, like, I need I some time. Rest. I want to rest. And sometimes he would be like, I want to play. I'm ready to go. Yeah. And it was his last chemo session after Christmas. <coughs> that was. With a different doctor. It, it was, that was when everything changed. I mean, that, he came home and it was not good. It was not, and he was done. That was the end of his chemo yeah. plan. He was done with chemo. He came home from his last treatment, and it was never the same. And then he just stopped eating. He was just like, I don't want to eat. And we got medication to make him hungry, and then that wasn't working. And our sweet, sweet neighbor, Frankie. Little eighth grader. She did everything. She came she over did. every. She could, she could get him to eat when he when we couldn't get him to eat. You and I could not get him to eat. She'd yeah, come over she'd and, come over and, and eat. he would eat for her. But he still came up to bed every day. We'd carry him up and he'd climb into bed and sleep with me every day and hold me every night. And, and the last the last week was tough because I think we knew we knew it was time. He wasn't eating. That's I I knew this. I'd never I'd never seen a pet pass away before. When I saw when I had show. We actually moved out of the apartment and we gave him to someone else. I never got to go through that. I never got to see that happen. And so to see him not eat, my mother had a dog for 20 years, a dog that lived 20 years. And she said when he stopped eating, he kind of told her. They, she, she said this, and I honestly believe this, that they, they, they tell you, they tell you when it's time. They kind of let you know when it's time. And I think... That week, he kind of let us know. I was doing a show, so it was really hard for me. And I'll tell you this story. I was doing a show. I love performing, but I did not want to leave him. And Paul gave me one of the best gifts ever. I decided we would start celebrating Christmas at the beginning of December because I just kind of in my gut knew it was our last Christmas. And, um, so we put everything up earlier than we usually do. 
we and um he gave me this nanny cam you know like where you can look inside your house and, on your phone so there's an phone. app on your phone you can see what's in front of the nanny cam and also you can you, you can, can talk, talk to him. So I'd be at the theater, you know, and I'd be at the theater long hours, you know. This was a really a hard thing because it's what you love to do, but also your heart's breaking at the same time. And um, so I would turn my phone on. I'd be like, hey, buddy, hey, Max. And he would hear my voice and, you know, he'd kind of perk up. Um, also, to jump ahead, I want to say the cast that I work with on Game On... Josie, Marissa, Connor, Quinn, Caroline, Jason were all so compassionate because they knew that my heart was breaking every day. Like, they knew that it was so hard for me. Um, and I came home one night and I just... We actually, there were we two both, nights. There were two nights that we stayed up all night. I, I pulled thought, two all-nighters. Yeah, we and, thought it was going to happen. And I prayed. I said, just God, let him, just let him go, you know, here and... He was determined to hold out for us. This this cat loved us so much. I mean, it sounds so weird, you know, because I think most people hear this and they think it's your perspective. No, you, and I, you were holding out for him. I think most people, too, they don't have pets. A lot of people don't know. They don't understand how you could love something that's not a human that much, but they don't understand how much unconditional love when you come home, when you have the worst day ever. Well, also, and he just, as Paul said, this, this cat was... This, this was special for cats. He was, he was one in a million. Max was... He knew. He knew when you had a bad day. He was just... He knew how to pick you up. <laughs> and he, he was incredibly athletic. You know, he, this cat was like so strong. He was really so strong. Phys- he was impossible to get into the carrier. Yeah, he was. We um, had a strategy where we used to have to drug him up with catnip first and then kind of do like a blind Superman thing where you put the towel over his head and shove him in what, while he didn't know what was going on. This all sounds really like from an outside perspective, it sounds really <laughs> like, let me say this, that when we did the chemo with him, it was he didn't come home and throw up or go, you know, it was nothing like that. It wasn't like people he'd come home and they'd sleep and he'd eat and he still played and he still jumped. He still snuggled and he us. still snuggled and purred and ate, and, ate and played. And honestly, one of, one of, if not one of the worst days of my life was saying goodbye to him. And for those of you who have pets, you know, and it was the first time in my life and Paul's life that we sat in the room when it happened as we said goodbye. And I, I, I need to thank my mother because I'd never gone through that before. And my mom had a dog, a little, little like Shih Tzu named MJ. It was her <laughs> companion for 20 years. Yeah. And every year I would go see her in Chicago and it would be like, he's so old, he's still hanging out. And he had, he couldn't see, he couldn't hear, but this dog adored my mother. And she would, she had steps at one point, she had to carry him up to the bedroom. And she said when he, when it came time to pass, she told me what, what, what happened leading up to it. She gave me a call. Unfortunately, I was on a gig. She gave me a call when she was on her way to the, no, no, she called me after it was done in the car. I was crying. Um, 
But she told me, she let me know everything that happened. So, and that way I was a little prepared. I was a little prepared. I wanted to know what happened. Yeah. Um, but it was the most humane <clears throat> thing. I mean, if you've never had an animal put to sleep, but when we were growing up and you, you had a sick dog or a cat that was old, you kind of handed it over and then you, you went never away. Saw you walked again. away. It was very traumatic. Now, now you're in the room. The doctor comes in. They give you time with the pet. They, they give you as much as time you as you want, and then you ring a bell when it's when you're ready for the doctor. The doctor comes in, and the pet usually has an IV in them, yeah. and they have two shots. And this happened with Jack too. This two shots. <coughs> the first shot they give the pet, it put, puts it to sleep. It not. It's a deep, deep kind of a sleeping, you know, sedative. Yeah. It knocks them out. Then the second shot they give them, it stops their heart. And then they check for a heart rate, and then they let you know that it's done. And it was tough. It was tough for Max because well, we, we decided I had a gig in Johnstown. And I and had, had a I, show. I had had a show. We, I had two shows we both, <coughs> Saturday. We both had the same thought. I was driving home thinking, I think we, we need to. I came home. I think I be, it needs to be over. I beat Paul home, and I sat. I was home alone with Max and Scout, and I, I held him. And he had lost. He was losing his ability to move his back legs and, he and I knew skinny. he was, he was skinny, really skinny and I said no and it's all hap you often know this happened fast and very fast and I said honey we can't do this again no I said I was holding him when you walked in the no, door no but I said that too I said we can't be up all night and I couldn't make him suffer and then it got really hard because we didn't put him in a carrier we just held him and, and he was out of it and then then he perked up. And then on the way to the hospital, he started kind of waking up and meowing and moving around. And I was like, should we turn around? And when Paul said that, I just, I lost it. I'm like, we, it was can't, tough. we can't do that. It was tough. We had time with him. We got under the blanket with him in the tunnel, as so we I, used to say. I, I, whenever. <laughs> it's tough. Whenever it we made hard. the bed. He loved when we made the bed, like loved it so much. He would, he would jump, run under the covers. run under the covers when we made the bed. It was like this game that could last for like you could do it for twenty minutes. He'd keep playing, and as we were packing to say goodbye to him, I I brought a blanket and I said to Paul, "Let's go under the tunnel one more time." And he was like, "What do you mean?" And we put all three of us under the, under, under the blanket. blanket. It was really hard. I miss him that. every day. And, we, and Chris held him on her lap, and I touched him as it was happening, and I'll never forget that. He was, uh, I love him so, so much, and I miss him so, so, so much. And then almost a year and a month to the day, we lost our kitten. So after after Max passed, and we, we made... I should say we made a little box for him. We anticipated oh, this. Yeah. We had a hole dug in the backyard. Thanks our neighbors, to our amazing, amazing neighbor. neighbors dug it. But we made a little box. I I started. I put pictures of us in there. I put his favorite toys in there. We put some of his wallpaper from his little house in it. Like everything. And I wrote all these messages all on the inside. We love you. I miss you. You know. It was really beautiful. It was. And so when he passed, they put him in that box for us. And we brought it home and we buried him in the backyard at, at like four in the four morning. Four in the morning. <laughs> and I played Amazing Grace on my melodica. And it was a while. It was, you know, it was six months. And we kept seeing little kittens at, at Petland. And we found two little boys because Chris wanted brothers like Max and Scout. 
and we found Jack and Charlie, and they were adorable. They were gorgeous little guys. <laughs> and it's funny because Jack looked like Scout, and that was not intentional. And Charlie has what we call the mark. We they both have what was called the mark of Max. These markings that were just like well, Max. So they both had M's on their forehead. M's on their forehead. <laughs> but Charlie doesn't look like Max, but he has sections of his body as if like Max put an imprint on him. Yeah, he looks like Max made him. And um, I got flowers for my birthday, and I always put flowers up high if I have them, and I put them up on the mantle, and I you did got lilies for your birthday. lilies and other flowers and. I, could, I don't know how he did it, but Jack got up onto the mantle and he rubbed up against the lilies and I saw the stain of the pollen on him and I said, Jack, oh my God. And I washed it off in the sink and then about an hour later I saw it still on him. And he's about, what, seven, nine months at this point. Yeah. And then I washed again and then and Paul no came clue. home we... and we washed again and then I thought, okay, I'll put the flowers in the guest bedroom. We have no and, clue about uh, this. I did not know the pollen from lilies is as toxic as them eating the flower, which is also incredibly toxic and deadly. <laughs> and then a few days later, he stopped eating. And well, I thought, but also, there was, some, there was some vomit that I didn't know because this one, because Charlie, Charlie's on my lap right now, Charlie was licking up vomit. Yeah. So it was hard to find because Jack would throw up and then Charlie would kind of lick it up. Yeah, it's gross. So, there was a little bit of what I thought might have been diarrhea and vomit, but I, I didn't take it seriously because Charlie was, I'm sorry, well, Charlie is, Jack was the most naughty cat in the history of cats. Yeah. If he could somehow get into it and eat it, he would eat it. Yeah. So I just assumed, oh, you ate something you weren't supposed yeah, to eat. Yeah, and he had a belly And ache. you got sick. So I took him to the vet. And he wasn't eating, and that was weird. February 20th. And my that's birthday. my husband's birthday. Yeah. And, uh, I'm sitting in the waiting room with him and my heart collapsed because I saw a poster of things that are toxic to animals. And on the poster was a picture of a lily, which was the exact lily that was in the bouquet. And they came in and they did blood work. They're like, he's in kidney failure. He needs to go to the emergency room. And I was alone and I put him in the car and I ran to the emergency room. And they triaged him and took him back. And about 10 minutes later, the doctor came out. And I knew from the moment I saw the doctor's face. I knew. And um, I said, you do what you have to do. You know, give him fluids. See what you can do. And once again, my role was, oh, everything's going to be okay. You keep him overnight. Yeah, you do that. Everything's going to be okay tomorrow. <clears throat> and I knew. My, my, my attitude. I knew, I knew from the two vets that I had spoken to in a matter of a 45-minute time frame. And I was hysterical. And you had to get Charlie checked out. So his I ran home. I threw Charlie in the carrier, went back to our vet, and I said, give blood work on Charlie. Because they were both, they were inseparable. Both, they were they inseparable. inseparable. And then um, I had a show. 
And I had a gig. And I went to do this show, A Book of Merman, played Ethel Merman. Very, like, silly, ridiculous show. You know, not like I was doing some heavy drama. And I knew. And I had such an emotional, like, explosion that day. And Paul was, I didn't ever saw you. No, we And then the next day we woke up and you had medical stuff you had to do. And they, they came back with the test. They're like, Jack's kidneys are never going to recuperate. And I yeah. said to Paul, we cannot make this cat suffer. That was hard. That was hard. So we had to go back to the same hospital that had put Max to sleep. Same room. Same room. Where he Max was in the passed. same cage. <laughs> it was really sad. It was really... Um, and I, I regret that I was not strong enough to be in the room for that. I was just, I was crying, and I told you, and I'm sorry. I said, I can't be here for this again, not this soon. Well, I couldn't leave him because I still feel, you know, a little bit. But you said at the end there was something. You see I that said, Max intervened. I guess we've come full circle on this without knowing it. I, we played with him for about an hour, and he sat on our laps, and he had IVs and everything. And Paul left the room, and I said, he, Jack was on my lap, and I said, all I ask, Max, all I ask of you is that you just let Jack sleep. Let him fall asleep on my lap and not wake up. And the doctor came in and he was on my lap sleeping and she, we said a prayer and she gave him the sedative, but he was already asleep. And um, she gave him the next shot and said another prayer with the doctor and he was gone. But, um, and we buried him right next to Max. And we buried him next to Max. And right now we have Scout, who's Max's yeah, let's, brother. Let's talk about something good. Because this well, we have Scout. It's Max's Scout brother. Scout is still with us after 17 years, after crystals in his bladder, after a punctured paw. Oh, a million things. A million things. <coughs> and Charlie, Jack's brother. So, so Charlie... Jack's brother, Charlie, who is about not 10 months old, 9 months old. So if you can imagine... A like seventeen-year-old and a Chico and the man situation, <laughs> where <coughs> Scout is very regal and he wants to just relax and sleep most of the time and not be bothered. <laughs> and then this feisty little nine-month-old on my lap, who is sleeping right now, wants to jump in his face yeah. and play. We'll chase him around our house. Take good care of your pets. Love them. Keep. Why do we love them? Because they're they are, soft. They are, no. I love because them because they're, they're soft. No, because they're pure love. That's just one reason love. I'm saying. I'm saying, what, what are the reasons Unconditional that we love Unconditional love. Pureness. Perfect. God's greatest gift to mankind. I love to play with them. I like to get bit by cats. You know that. I know. <laughs> I love to take them for walkies. Yeah, walkies is when you pick them up and walk around the house. Chris has, is totally convinced through the years that she's gotten our cats to say hello Oh, by yeah. holding At their some food point, above them. Well, we d haven't we? And they, it's it's actually proven that cats, they learn about 150 words. Yeah. So there's like two words that we have to say and <coughs> when it's time for them to eat. They hear these two things, immediately they spring up and they know it's time to eat. So we didn't intend to do this tonight, the pets episode, but like I the guess... emotional pets episode. I guess for all of you listening, like we get you. Those of you who have pets and have... Going above and beyond for our babies, we get you, and we our heart goes out to you if if you have a sick pet, and our heart goes out to you if you've lost somebody that you love, and um, you know that 
we're so grateful that we have we have them. And that I we just want to say, I understand. Um, as someone who has been used to social distancing much of my life, I'm somewhat of a loner. Um, and you have all this love in your heart. It is so easy to, to pour it out to these little furry creatures that all they want to do is receive your love yeah. and love you. Yeah. We got a little guy here who doesn't sleep with us. Not yet, anyway. He doesn't sleep with us. We shut him out of the bedroom. Who screams for us yeah, in the morning? Yeah, he screams for us. He just wants to be around us. Yeah. And we can't be talking in the bedroom when we go yeah. to bed. Because then he'll start <laughs> screaming. He wants to be in there. He wants to just love us. Let's do like, since we did a shout out to your moms, MJ, let's do a shout out to Otis and Annie. And Millie oh, and yeah. Annie. Oh, yeah. And the Lulu. cousins. The, those are the cousins. Odie the and cousins, Annie. Batman. And Lulu. All those great cats. And Oh, and, and um, who was who was uh, Rich's... Siamese. Rose. Rose. We loved Rose. All right. We love you. Thanks for listening to our sort of sad episode, but (laughs) I guess it's sort of a tribute. It's a tribute. This is cathartic. It was cathartic, cathartic. and it was a tribute to our our dear sweet Jack, who we lost way too soon. And our our sweet, sweet Max, the king, the king of kings. Thanks for listening. I'm Chris. I'm Paul. Love you. Love you. Mwah.